Good morning, everybody. This is the Evil Chocolate Cookie back with more of the Evil Chocolate Grab Bag. Um, we may have two episodes today, but I had to record this. I've got to get it out of my system right now. I was browsing Reddit this morning and found this thing on Ask Reddit about what disability that you would rather your life end than have to deal with and a bunch of people said blindness and there aren't a lot of things on the face of the earth that make me as mad as seeing that and I just want to put this out there for anybody who may feel that way and finds this podcast I'm fed up with it people act like those two blobs of goo in the front of your face not working is the worst thing that can ever happen to you Well, let me tell you something. It's not. Because, I mean, you're no less of a person. You can still do pretty much everything. I mean, just about the only thing you can't do is drive a car. And that might even change here in a few years if they come out with self-driving cars as smart as they want them to be. But seriously, stop acting like that. Those comments, I normally don't step in. And rather forcefully state my opinion on a matter. But with those comments, I had to say something. I'm like, wake up, people. This is not some horrible curse. You'll manage. But I just want to give a brief overview of some of the most common tasks. And how I managed to do them. This this is kind of a mix of me going on one of my rants and a little bit of an educational thing (sighs) okay okay sorry you guys had to see me that angry but just I had to get it out somewhere I had to vent okay I did write a book on this subject but I haven't gotten around to narrating my books yet So I'm going to kind of give an overview. First thing is, you know, like your basic tasks. Um, The I'd say one of the hardest things that you have to learn to do is rely on your other senses. I'm going to be quiet for a minute. And I just want you to listen to what's around you. Cover up your eyes if you have to. If you are hearing this and can see anything, cover up your eyes and just listen. Okay, you can stop listening now. Think about all the sounds that you heard around you and the sounds that you heard in the background, which was probably just my fan. That's what the roaring is in the background of some of these episodes. That's my fan. I keep it on for airflow and for the noise. I like the sound that they make. But, I mean, what did you hear around you? Did you hear your heater running? Was it pretty much quiet? Did you hear something falling in the floor? Did you hear a bunch of idiots screaming at each other from across the street? Think about it. All of the sounds that you hear can tell you something about what's happening around you. I think an example that I used in my book was something like... The sound of your heater or air conditioner will tell you that it's working and doing its job. 
the sound of something glass falling on the floor and shattering will tell you that you really need to be careful when you walk into that room. Something like that. <laughs> but you've, you've got a bunch of different types of sounds. You've got your ambient sounds, things that you hear like in the background. Take the fan, for example. Fans, heaters, that kind of thing that's just in the background and you kind of ignore it. Then you've got more urgent sounds like, you know, the alarm clock or say like a siren or something like that. Something that would immediately grab your attention or even the doorbell. Because usually if your doorbell's ringing, it means you need to get up and answer the door. But stuff like that, you've got your more urgent sounds. Then you've got your stuff that you just hear because you want to. Say your audiobook, your music, the TV in the background. You've got stuff like that. And then you've got sounds that are just an inconvenience, like the aforementioned screaming neighbors across the street that I used as an example, and you just want to go shut them up. You want to duct tape their mouth shut, so to speak. <laughs> but all of those can tell you a lot about what's going on around you. Now, there, you, you need to use your other senses, too. Your sense of touch, your sense of smell. Like, if you touch something and it's hot... You might want to move your hand. If it smells like someone has shattered the pickle jar and you smell vinegar all over the place, that means you need to go clean the kitchen. <laughs> Unless you just like to smell vinegar all over your house for whatever reason, to each their own, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah. And then your sense of taste can also help you out a lot. I know the example I used in my book was it can... <clears throat> tell you the difference between a stick of butter and an ice cream sandwich a lesson I had to learn the hard way. Now let me explain that one a little bit because I didn't go into context. Um, some things have very, very similar shapes and one time when I was really little there was a box of those sticks of butter in the freezer right in the same spot where we usually kept the ice cream sandwiches and I grabbed a stick of butter thinking it was an ice cream sandwich. I, I mean... I couldn't read the label, so how would I know? And like I said, I was really, really little at the time, so the I couldn't really tell the difference in the shapes yet. So I grab it, peel the wrapper down, take a big bite, and... Oh my god, that was awful, because, yeah, it was a stick of butter. It was not an ice cream sandwich. <laughs> so... The, there's your senses covered for you. Now, another thing you'll want to learn how to do is to get around without falling over your feet. Um, trailing walls will become your best friend, but be careful. Keep your fingers kind of curled in a little bit and use the back of your hand. That way, if there's something on the wall, it's not near as likely to snag your fingers. Not to mention, the palm of your hand is really, really, really sensitive. So, yeah, just be careful. Um, listen for things around you. If you hear somebody talking and it sounds like they're coming from the chair right in front of you, that probably means you shouldn't sit in that chair because there's somebody already in it. <laughs> um, make a mental map of wherever you're trying to go if you can. Like, say if you're in your living room, make a mental map of where your furniture is. Stuff like that. That can help you, too, because you instinctively know, hey, this is here, I need to go this way. Mm -hmm. 
those are just like the basics of getting around. Um, there, there are more advanced topics, but I'm not very good at those yet. I mean, I can, I can get around, but there are things that I refuse to do to this day. <clears throat> Crossing the street. I do not cross the street. I refuse to cross the street unless there is a human very, very close to me. I'm honestly better inside a building than outside because while outside you've got to deal with all the terrain changes and stuff like that. And I trip over everything. I'm a clumsy person. I trip over everything. So, yeah, there's that. Um, tasks in the kitchen. Some of those are trickier than others. Um, like if you want to... Say, get yourself a glass of milk or something like that. You've got two options. You can shell out $7 for a level indicator that you can hook over the edge of your cup. And it will start beeping at you when the liquid hits the little prongs on it. Or you can use your finger. Just hook your finger over the rim of the cup and you'll know when the... And start pouring your drink. And when the liquid hits your finger, you know you've got enough and you need to stop. I'm personally more fond of the level indicator myself because it leaves both of my hands free to handle bigger containers. But that's just that's just a personal choice of mine. Uh, if you want to make coffee, my best advice to you is get a single cup pot. It's not that the, the large pots aren't doable. It's that, in case you didn't know, coffee is really, really, really hot when you make it. And you can't really use your hands to tell where you're pouring because you will hurt yourself. So those bigger pots of coffee are honestly, if you ask me, more danger than they're worth to your hands. And well, yeah, everybody gets hurt quite a bit in life. If you're blind, your hands are one of your primary modes of distinguishing what's around you. And you can't really do that if you have your hands wrapped up in bandages because you've scalded them off, now can you? No, I didn't think so. But the single cup pots, they're usually pretty easy to use. You just put in your filter. You you fill up your water tank. You put in your filter or whatever. You press the button. Let the water heat up. And then you select your cup size. Like, there's... Most of them will have buttons for three different sizes of coffee cups. And you'll be able to tell the size by the button. There's a small one, a medium, and a large one. The buttons kind of put me in mind of a snowman. Now, this is just me going off my my coffee maker, but some of them might be different. So don't take this as a... Don't take this as this is absolutely how it has to look. But your size buttons most of the time will look like a snowman. And once you do that, the coffee pot will do the rest. It'll put the coffee in your cup, which you should have put under the spigot already. If you didn't, well, then I can't help you. But your your coffee and stuff like that will go into your cup. And then you just need to, once it's done, turn off the coffee pot. Mix your coffee up. If you put, like, sugar or cream or anything like that in it. Or if you've made something like hot chocolate or whatever that needs mixed up. You get the picture with mixing it up, blah, 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 blah. 
and then just go sit down with it and drink it. It's the worst problem you're going to have there is the cup being a little hot. But, I mean, you've made a hot drink. You can kind of expect the cup to be hot. So just be careful. And don't splash it on your hands. That hurts. Take it from me. Um, as for cooking, I've not gotten very, very far in that yet. Stick with a microwave at first is my, my piece of advice to you. I would recommend getting one of the Amazon microwaves if you can. Because you've got options there. You can voice control them or Amazon sells uh, Braille overlays for the keypads. I think you I think you can get your first one for free, actually. And if you need it replaced, you just have to contact Amazon and tell them because it's usually one per customer. But that saves you the trouble of having to guess which microwave you've got and fight to label it and all that kind of stuff because the... The overlay just goes straight over the keypad over top of the buttons and it's marked. So that's that's the kitchen for you. Now let's get on to the basics of reading, writing, typing, all that kind of stuff. You're going to want to start out with Braille when you start out reading. Um, I'm not going to say it's easy to learn. It's probably going to be easier for you to learn if you start out like that. Like like me, I've never had any vision. I can see light and that's it. So, yeah, I've always used Braille. But you've got you've got six dots and each letter, number, symbol, whatever is a combination of those. Like I'm not going to go through the whole alphabet here like I did in my book. But you've got A is just dot one. Which is the one that should, that if you put your hands on a braille keyboard will be under your index finger. B is one and two. That would be your index and middle fingers if you've got your hands position right. Um, L, for example, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going through the whole alphabet, is one, two, and three. That's all the fingers on your left hand. Except for your pinky and your thumb. Because you don't need the space bar or... Uh, crud, I don't even remember what that lever is on the left side of the manual braille riders anymore. It's been so long since I've used one. I know one of them is a line feed and one of them is the slowest ever way to do carriage return. Because it only backs it up one cell at a time. You're better off just grabbing the lever thingy and pulling it back by hand. We'll get to that in a minute. But you've, you've got that. And as I mentioned, you'll probably start out with a manual Braille rider. Those things, I hate them. They're clunky. They're heavy. They're loud. But that's probably what you'll end up starting out with. And like I said, you've got your Braille keys. You've got your space bar. You've got those levers that I can't remember which one does what. I think the left one is line feed and the right one is carriage return, but I can't remember. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I th yeah, I think so. I'm not about to get my braille machine out from under the table just to check what the levers do. <laughs> but, like I s but on the front you'll have this little plastic thing and that's your carriage return thing. You're better grabbing that and pulling it back by hand. Because if you hit that carriage return lever, you'll be clunk, 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 all the way back across the page. 
And that's tedious and takes forever. And I've got something in my eye. Ow. But then there's the process of putting the paper in, which can be kind of cumbersome if the paper decides it wants to go in sideways. Yes, that paper does like to roll in crooked half the time. But, I mean, that's that's there. And you've got this little bell that will ring to tell you that you're getting close to the end of the page. You have to set your own margins. But once you do, it'll ping. When you hear it go ding, pull your carriage return lever back. Unless you've got like two characters left to type. And then I guess you're kind of off the hook a little bit. It depends on your margin. If you put your margin right at the end of the page, not advisable. Then you don't have any room. But if you put it back a little bit, leave yourself a couple of extra spaces, then I think you're okay. I think you can move the left one too, but I don't understand why you would. Okay. When, once you get a little bit more advanced, you may start dealing with electronic braille, braille displays, note takers, stuff like that. Okay, I told you that a normal braille cell has six dots in it. Well, with these, you'll see them with eight. The extra two are used in something called computer braille, which to this day, I still don't understand completely. But, like in, in Braille normally, when you need a capital letter, you'll press dot six and then you'll type your letter. With computer Braille, it raises dot seven below the letter to indicate that it's capitalized and it's kind of confusing. Dot seven and eight are at the main bottom. And on a Braille display keyboard, instead of you know, your new line and your carriage return, you'll have dot seven and eight. And dot seven is usually a backspace key and dot eight is usually an inner key. Usually. Now, mind you, that may not always be the rule, but that's been my experience. Now, you've got standard braille displays and you've got note takers. A standard braille display does exactly what it sounds like. You hook it up to, say, your phone or your computer or whatever. We'll get to those in a minute. And it displays whatever your screen reader is telling you so you can read it by yourself. We'll get to screen readers in a minute, too. Sorry, I'm getting a little ahead of myself without the book to go by, and I'm just kind of freehanding this. And then uh, note takers, you can, most of the time you can use a note taker as a braille display, but it usually has its own operating system type thing built in you normally it gives you a word processor a calendar uh sometimes you'll get a calculator file manager that kind of stuff the more advanced ones like the most recent ones that have come out you get access to the google play store and all the stuff that comes with that the older ones could be a little clunky but what piece of technology isn't sometimes Now let's get on to typing on a regular computer. The home row is your best friend. Just feel for those little bumps on the F and J keys. 
and those are where your index fingers go. Then your ring finger of your left hand goes on D. Not your ring finger, your middle finger. My bad, I can't count today. Your ring finger goes on S and your pinky goes on, goes on A. Now on your right hand, your middle finger will go on the letter K, your ring finger on L, and your pinky on the semicolon. I don't understand exactly why, because you don't use the semicolon a whole lot, but hey, I'm not the one who made up the rules. <laughs> uh, your thumbs will go on the space bar, and you just move your hands back and forth. Like if you needed to reach the R key, that's right above the F, move your index finger up one row and hit the R key. You want to keep your hands pretty much on that home row the whole time, though. That way you don't get lost. You can use the hunt and peck type method if you want to, but it is very, very slow and very, very tedious because you'll find yourself counting keys. I mean, at least that's what I did. You may be, you may be able to manage it, but I'm not. But it's not going to do you much good to type on the computer if you don't know what you're typing. Because you could misspell every word on the planet without realizing it by accident. That's where screen readers come in. I told you we'd get to those in a minute. Screen readers pretty much do exactly what their name says they do. It's a piece of software that's on your device that reads to you the screen. It tells you what you're typing. All that kind of stuff. Not only are they on your computer, but they're on your phone. Your, your tablet. At least in some cases, your smartwatch. Pretty much if it has a screen these days, it's most likely going to have a screen reader. Even TVs have them now. Actually, I'll show you a little bit of one on a TV if I can find my remote. What did I do with the remote yesterday? Oh, here's the remote. I don't know how well you're going to be able to hear this, but I'm going to try. I'm just going to show you an example. And actually, I'll show you on one on my watch, too. 6 a.m. Moving. 45 calories. 23%. Exercising. 3 minutes. 10%. Characters. Words. 56. 50%. Words. 6.40 a.m. Battery. 97% battery power. Disconnected. Breathe. 6.40 a.m. Moving. 48 calories. 24%. Home. ECG. Research. Now playing. Radio. Audiobooks, noise, watch face, character words, speak 65%, 70%. So yeah, that's that's one on a smartwatch. And that disconnected thing, that's a phantom icon that has been popping up in Watch OS 7 and I don't know why it's there. Because the watch isn't actually disconnected. I can't show you on the phone or the computer right now because well I'm recording on the phone and the computer is kind of busy. But I'll show you one on the TV. If this thing hasn't come unplugged. That's just the voice guide on the TV itself. Wilds. 
Well, it's not half working, right? The wild. I skipped an option because if I had let it sit there on that particular option, it would have set off one of my smart speakers. This is an Amazon device. I'm just showing you kind of what, what a screen reader does for those of you who've never seen one before. My Fire TV. Accessibility. Channel 13. Accessibility. Closed caption. Voice view. 206. Voice view screen reader. Voice view. On. One. Reading speed. Velocity. Speech volume. Sound volume. 80%. Key echo. Characters. 6 of 8. Punctuation level. Voice view tutorial. 8 of 8. Punctu. Key echo. Sound volume. Speech volume. Velocity. Voice view screen reader. Speed window and container context. On. One of eight. Off. Speak roll. On. Two of eight. Off. Speak index. On. Three of eight. Off. Speak usages. Off. Speak screen description. Off. Speak described by. On. Off. Speak state before long titles. Experimental. Off. Reset to default. But yeah, you kind of get the idea of what screen readers do. They tell you what's popping up on your screen. And in that case, pretty much everything it said was popping up on my TV screen. At least I think it was. I can't see the TV screen to be sure. They don't work in all apps, unfortunately. Some app developers don't really seem to care about our feelings and whether or not we can use their apps. And they don't build their apps in such a way that a screen reader can read them. So if you find an app that doesn't work for you, it's not the screen reader's fault. It's the developer's. But, I mean, you've got those. Um, there are quite a few of them, actually. I can't really go into a listing of them because there are so many. But you get the idea of what a screen reader does and kind of how it works. Um, let's see, what else can I cover? Oh yeah, entertainment. Somebody on that thread that made me sit down and record this in the first place was complaining about they, were, they wanted to be able to play games and they would feel like they couldn't if they couldn't see. Newsflash. Yes, you can. You're used, those people that are listening to this and, and can like have their vision, they're probably used to video games. Well, if you can't, if you have no vision, you're going to play with a play. Uh, sorry. You're going to play around with audio games. And what audio games do is they represent your entire environment with different sounds and things like that. So there's a sound, say, if you, get, if you get attacked, if you bump into the wall, if there's an item on the ground for you to pick up, that kind of thing. The whole thing is rendered in sound. Most of them don't even have any visuals, so if somebody tried to play it by looking at the screen, they'd think the game wasn't working. 
So you've got that. Um, movies was another concern. Um, there are audio-described movies. Now, I can't play one here for you right now because I don't have any on hand in a way that I could actually play. But what an audio-described movie will do is when something purely visual is happening on screen, they'll turn down the background music and there's a narrator who will come up and describe to you exactly what's happening. Some describers are better than others. Uh, Disney by far has the best, I say. You are free to disagree with me on that. Those of you who watch these, you are more than welcome to disagree with me on that. But I've observed that Disney has some of the best. Not everything will be audio described right now. It does take time. So if your movie isn't audio described, just be patient. It probably will be sooner or later. Like Netflix and Disney Plus, I know both have audio description that you can turn on. I think Amazon Prime has it too. I'm not sure. I, I've never needed it on Amazon Prime because I just watch game shows. I'm not sure where else you can get it. Um, Apple TV Plus I know has it. And I think they sell some movies on iTunes with audio description. Then there are websites where you can download um, audio described movies as MP3s. I'm not going to go into that because I don't know how how widely that's accepted as being okay. But that option is there. I mean, who am I to say it isn't? I've used them. Nothing really changes about listening to music, except maybe the way you access it, and you'd have to remember to, like, mark all of your discs, or pretty much take all of your music onto your computer and stuff like that, just so you can have your screen reader tell you what you're about to click on. Or just get a smart speaker and a streaming service and use your voice to do it. That works, too. But those options are there. Um, reading. Audiobooks will become your best friend. Some of them you'll get like human narrators. But some of them. The text to speech and whatever you're listening to. The mom will read for you. Which I honestly find to be better. In the case of textbooks. And most nonfiction, as it turns out. Because sometimes you need the words spelled out. And most of the things that have text to speech. Have a spell mode where you can spell the word. I had a big problem with that in college because one of my textbooks, I could only get an audio form, and the narrator didn't think we needed the words spelled out for us. And I misspelled a whole lot of stuff, and it caused some problems. So yeah, if you're reading textbooks and nonfiction, go with text-to-speech. If you're reading fiction, um, a human narrator is your best bet, if you get a good one. Because like I said yesterday... In my book review about how picky I am over characters having their own voices. Good narrators will do that. Each character will have their own voice. You'll be able to distinguish them easily. But there, there's a lot of equipment that you can get for this stuff. I can't really go into detail about it because that would make the podcast really, really long. This is going to be a longer one anyway, I think. But it would make it even longer than it already is. 
So, I mean, you've got that. But you're pretty well covered. Like I said, pretty much the only thing you can't do right now is drive a car. Or, you know, fly an airplane or anything like that. I wouldn't want you guys doing that. You might get hurt. But I, I recorded this to make a point to those people who act like losing your vision is a fate worse than death. That, no, it's not impossible. I mean, look at me. I'm sitting here recording a podcast. So, if I can record a podcast, I think you can manage. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, not by a long shot. There are adjustments that you'll have to make. It won't, it won't be easy. But you can do it. I think that's pretty much all I've got to say on this issue today. Um, normal spiel, if you want to find me, uh, Twitter and Instagram, at EvilCookies98. Um, Skype, RS Games, Playroom, um, AudioGames.net, anything like that. The Evil Chocolate Cookie. Um, just search that and I'll pop up. Uh, Reddit, my Reddit tag, my slash you, blah blah blah, is Evil Chocolate Cookie. I always keep forgetting Reddit. And my subreddit is slash r slash evil chocolate content because I couldn't come up with a better name. Uh, if you want to email me, you can do that at the evil chocolate cookie at gmail.com. I like I always say I'm I'm easy to find, so no biggie. Or if you want to watch my videos on YouTube and Twitch, once again the evil chocolate cookie. So, until I feel like recording again, it could be today, maybe not, who knows. That's all for now, and bye.